Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A tiny little boy folded over, folded up into a suitcase. Just... Let that sink in for a moment. It was a suitcase with the iconic uh, sign on it, Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas. A tiny boy, a five-year-old boy, folded up, dead, in a suitcase. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. A stunning twist in the case of the boy in the suitcase. 
listen to our friends WHAS. Shocking story that's been developing since the weekend. New evidence released by Indiana State Police moments ago in the discovery of a little boy's body in the woods in southern Indiana. The chilling reality that he may have been dumped there from somewhere else. This photo of a suitcase. Indiana State Police tell us the body of the little boy was found inside this suitcase. And for the first time, they have given a specific location, the 7,000 block of East Holder Road in Washington County, Indiana, the wooded area there that's southeast of Salem. Now, the discovery was made by a person hunting for mushrooms over the weekend. Also new today, an autopsy was performed. Police have not released any results, nor they've released no possible cause of death, and they still do not know his identity. We do know that police say the boy is only five to eight years old. They add that he could have been from anywhere, not just southern Indiana. Investigators say they have been searching the wooded area where the boy was found, but the information has not led them to any answers. And that is how the mystery, the puzzle began. But I'm still overwhelmed by just the words, a little boy folded up dead in a suitcase, a Vegas suitcase found in Indiana, but they have no idea where this little boy was from. Take a listen to our friends at WDRB. Right now, Indiana State Police isn't giving too many details on this case, but investigators do believe that somebody out there knows something that can help them figure out who this child was. We are looking for the public's help in finding out the name of this child, this little boy who deserves answers. He deserves our help. Sergeant Carrie Holes said Saturday night, a mushroom hunter in the woods in rural Washington County discovered the body of a young boy. He noticed something and went to investigate, and that's what he found. So very disturbing, very shocking, very traumatic event. Um, very sad event. The man who found this boy, Jeff Meredith, is in agony, knowing he was one of the last people to see this child's face. When I first saw that little fella, immediately I felt that he was telling me, help me. I need help. It, it sounds like it's out of an Agatha Christie mystery. A mushroom hunter, how likely is that? very unlikely, finds a suitcase, opens the suitcase, and finds a little boy dead inside. The first place you start is, what was the COD, cause of death? Listen to our friends, WHAS 11. A boy found dead in southern Indiana remains nameless. His story and the suitcase he was found in have gained national attention. Hundreds of tips submitted and still no answers, except for one. We now know how the boy died. At this time, there's no evidence that leads investigators to believe that he was alive when he went into the suitcase. Sergeant Kerry Hull says investigators got the autopsy and toxicology reports on May 20th. Seven days later, they share this unnamed boy died from an electrolyte imbalance. Most likely due to gastroenteritis, which in common layman's term would be vomiting and diarrhea and that resulted in dehydration. Fatal dehydration. And he says the toxicology report found nothing significant. So if a little boy dies of vomiting and diarrhea, nobody noticed that he was vomiting and had horrible diarrhea till he was being starved. There was nothing in him anymore. And he just died. Where was he? And I guarantee he didn't crawl into a suitcase and die and close that suitcase and maneuver it into the woods in Indiana. That didn't happen. So we have a COD cause of death, but still no name. Well, in the last hours, literally, that little boy 
now has a name. Listen to our friends at the Indiana State Police. At this time, we can also identify, <clears throat> excuse me, identify the young man that was found in the suitcase. He was Cairo Amar Jordan. Cairo Amar Jordan was from Atlanta, Georgian, Georgia. Excuse me. He was five years old at his, the time of his death, and Cairo would have turned six this past Monday on October 24th. Again, Cairo Amar Jordan, he was five, from Atlanta, Georgia. A man hunting for mushrooms made the discovery in Washington County, Indiana on April 16th. But it wasn't until today that investigators identified the little boy found inside as Cairo Jordan from Metro Atlanta. People who live in that Indiana community have waited since spring for answers. They named the child Angel and strangers were overcome with emotion as they held this memorial service 46 days after his body was found. Now their local mystery has turned into a nationwide search to find the child's mother. You were just hearing our friends at WSB2 as well. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now, including Max Lewis from Fox 59 in Indianapolis. But first, I want to go to Detective Matt Busick joining us from the Indiana State Police. Detective Busick, thank you for being with us. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Detective, do you recall when you first learned? I mean, let me ask you something uh, off point. Do you have children? Uh, yes, ma'am, I do. How many? Uh, six, actually. I'm guessing one of those is a little boy. Yes, I have three boys and three girls. Do you recall when you first learned, Detective Busick, that a five-year-old little boy weighing just 40 pounds was found folded up dead in a Vegas suitcase? Yes, ma'am. I, I do recall that. Tell me about it. Well, like I said, I, I don't want to get into too much here because like I said, I'm still running an investigation. I want to try to stand partial. I'm asking you when you first learned about it. Well, yes, it's very disturbing. Yes, it is. I pictured my own children uh, to Dr. Thomas Plant joining me, professor of psychology and religious studies. And you'll see why he is so very critical in our discussion today. Adjunct professor of psychiatry at Stanford University, editor of spirituality and clinical practice author of Human Interaction with the Divine, Sacred, Deceased. Dr. Plant, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yes, sir. When I first heard about a five-year-old boy folded over dead like an old coat in a suitcase, abandoned, no idea where he came from, and critically, no one had reported him missing, all I could think about were my children, John, David, and Lucy, at age five and how defenseless they were. Dr. Plant, does the nature of crimes like this ever keep you from a clear head? Well, of course, we're all emotional human beings, and we all have emotional reactions, and uh, we all can probably relate as, a pa as parents, like yourself, like myself, and like so many others, to what would be, it be like to discover our own child in such an awful, horrific um, uh, condition. And so, of course, uh, we always uh, can relate, and yet we have to be objective and thoughtful and try to do the best we can to understand the situation and act accordingly. Straight out to Max Lewis joining us, reporter with Fox 59 in Indianapolis. Max, I'm sure you recall when this Vegas suitcase was first discovered in Indianapolis with, uh, obviously, you don't know whether the child is from Vegas or Indianapolis or somewhere else. In the last hours, we're learning it was Atlanta. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was, I remember when the story came in and, and, you know, the police had put out the picture of the suitcase. It was shocking. This kind of thing doesn't, you know, we don't see this kind of thing every day. We, we rarely see this. And yeah, there were so many questions. It was such a mystery. Where is this kid from? Why was he found out in the woods in rural southern Indiana? There were just uh, so many questions for so long. And police really, uh, from what we could tell, had nothing to go on. And uh, luckily, they were able to, you know, to find out some things and, and eventually give this this little boy in the suitcase a name. To Joe Scott Morgan joining us, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University and author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, uh, host of Body Bags with Joe Scott Morgan. Joe Scott, what's the first thing detectives would do in a case like this? Well, you know, the way it's been presented is that the suitcase was essentially found in a really, really isolated area, Nancy, abandoned, if you will. And can you imagine walking out into a forested area for those that haven't seen this image of the suitcase? And it's it's typical Las Vegas, you know, the appearance of this thing. It's it's bright. It's eye-catching, and it's oddly positioned in this specific location. So, you know, you have to ask the question, how did this item wind up in this very rural area? And it's standing alone there. Just can you imagine just on this forested floor where this guy's looking for mushrooms, you'd secure the area first off and then document it as best as you can, because this is highly irregular to find this. It's not like it's just discarded on the side of the road down in a ditch or something. It's sitting out in a wooded area. So you think I think probably that it is purpose to be there. That is that yeah. maybe somebody wanted this to be found. Well, I don't know if it took a mushroom hunter to find it, Joe Scott Morgan. I doubt pretty seriously anybody ever thought it would be found. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Steve Kramer, former FBI and federal prosecutor, president of Indago Solutions, uh, who led to the identification of the Golden State Killer. Steve Kramer, how do you go about, how did they identify the body as little Cairo? Uh, in this particular case, I think it was a combination of fingerprints uh, that were on the suitcase. Uh, I think that was the main thing. I'm not sure if they actually use DNA on this or not. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right, Steve Kramer. Steve joining us from Indago Solutions. Guys, take a listen to our friends at WSB. 37-year-old Dewan Anderson is now charged with murder. As that no crime scene evidence technologies were spared in this case. According to court documents, police identified Anderson through fingerprints on trash bags used to wrap the child's body. An autopsy report shows Jordan did not suffer any signs of physical trauma. The autopsy listed the cause of death as electrolyte imbalance that caused a viral gastroenitis. Yeah, and that is dehydration. Now, police believe after dumping that body that Anderson went to California with a woman named Dawn Coleman. Investigators were able to arrest Coleman in San Francisco, but they have yet to track down Anderson. They are still looking for her. So mommy's fingerprints, Steve Kramer, you called it, were all over that trash bag. So I guess then, Steve Kramer, they find mommy and then they can deduce that it's baby Cairo. Was that your thinking, Steve? Yeah, correct. That's, I think, the logical uh, deducement. Once they did some additional background information on Anderson, uh, I think it was clear that she was traveling apparently all over the country with her child and with her friend, Don Coleman, whose fingerprints also, I understand, were found on the suitcase. Oh, okay. Right there. Wait a minute. So Max Lewis joining us, investigative reporter with Fox 59. We know that mommy and her friend, her running buddy, left fingerprints all over the trash bag. But I mean, think about that image, putting the child in a trash bag and in a suitcase and leaving it. Um, Max Lewis, I want you to take a listen to our friends, WLKY and THR. On April 14th, investigators say cell phone towers and a home security camera placed Anderson and Coleman in Pekin, Indiana, near the wooded area where Jordan's body was found. This whole case is all about justice for Cairo. That's the only thing this case has ever been about. 
Investigators found a fingerprint on a trash bag in the suitcase with the boy's body. In June, the fingerprint match was made to 37-year-old Dewan Anderson. Another fingerprint from the trash bag in the suitcase matched 40-year-old Don Coleman. The cell phones of both women placed them in the area of Pekin April 14th, two days before the suitcase was found. Coleman's social media accounts include photos and videos of her with a Las Vegas suitcase. Straight out to Max Lewis. So what role did cell phone pings play in the identification of the mother as a suspect? It played a huge role. They, the police, you know, they were both in the Metro Louisville area for, for quite a while. And so once they sort of, you know, got their fingerprints, made the connection to them, they started piecing all of this stuff together. They had, as you've heard, been crisscrossing the country together. Once they got into Louisville, they, you know, pinged there, which is, you know, close to where this suitcase was found in the wooded areas, not too far outside Metro Louisville. And they used those cell phone towers and were able to show that they were in the exact vicinity where that suitcase was found. Obviously, no coincidence there. And I bet anything, Joe Scott Morgan, uh, Professor Forensics, that the two cell phones were traveling together, the devil and the devil's minion. Hey, uh, you know what it reminds me of, Joe Scott Morgan? It reminds me of the case, you may wonder why at first, of Vanessa Gim. The beautiful, young, military female, she was murdered by another guy in the military, her superior, as I recall, Aaron Robinson. She was murdered, dismembered, burned, and buried in basically a shallow grave. They tried to put cement on top of her. And when I say they, here's my point. Do you recall the name Cecily Aguilar? Yes, I do. Robinson's married girlfriend. Can you imagine the two of them with that fire trying to burn Vanessa's body? And it went so high up, the fire actually burned the leaves in the trees above where they were trying to burn her. Again, it's like witches dancing around a cauldron. Yeah, how do you get two people to enter into an agreement where they're going to do this to this baby like this? And, Nancy, I don't want to gloss over this this whole gastroenteritis thing. Thank you. I don't either. Go ahead. As horrible as it, as it sounds, it would have been more, more merciful, if that even exists in this context, to put this baby out of his misery. Gastroenteritis, essentially what he had was stomach flu, and we can all identify with that. It, but it was untreated, Nancy. You remember when our babies were little and we'd go out and get them Pedialyte perhaps or make the Pedialyte popsicles because they've got a tummy problem and his bowel was so inflamed and that's what they found at autopsy. That was what was evidenced there. His bowel was so inflamed that it led to his death and he would have been vomiting. Plus he would have had severe stomach cramps uh, where he would be doubled over and probably the worst of this is that he would have had like explosive bowel movements as well, explosive diarrhea essentially. And he was going, un- this is this is the horror. He's going untreated. They couldn't even give this baby electrolytes, which you can find in any number of things like Pedialyte. Or take him to the dock in a box. No offense, all you MDs, they hate being called that. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been that simple. They could have just hung an IV on this baby and he would have potentially survived. But they stood by, sat by, the two of these women, and let him suffer like that. Just think about your intestines swollen 
red, hurting. Why? Why do you get that, Jill Scott? It's as a result of this absence of electrolytes. No, I mean, how do you get the diarrhea and the uncontrolled vomiting to start with? Where does that come from? Well, this is as a result of the viral gastroenteritis, and they're saying viral. So he literally had some type of virus in his body, okay, like a norovirus or one of these things that floats around that leads to a viral infection. And many times it'll set in in your gut like this. And so as you're losing all of these fluids, he's becoming dehydrated, Nancy. So he's losing these little electrolytes. And there's a variety of them. You've got sodium and chloride and potassium. But basically, they're kind of the guardrails that keep our heart functioning, our brain functioning. It keeps us, you know, he could have had a seizure. Well, Joe Scott, sorry to interrupt you, but according to mommy, you're perfectly wrong. Oh, really? Because she believes it had nothing to do with the virus. And it had everything to do with the devil. Take a listen to our cut 33, WTHR and WHAS. Social media posts from both women indicate they thought the boy was demon-possessed. Eight days before the body was discovered, Coleman posted, Nothing is what it seems and we are catering to evil beings and children avatars that aren't even children. And five days before the body was discovered, Anderson posted, I have survived the death attacks from my five-year-old throughout the five years he has been alive. I have been able to weaken his powers through our blood. The probable cause affidavit shows Anderson sent Facebook messages claiming her son was a demon who tried to harm her. She wrote to an Indiana pastor saying she believed he was actually 100 years old and she used blood for some kind of exorcism. In reality, he was a defenseless five-year-old boy. Do I have to say the words Lori Vallow, cult mom Lori Vallow, and her, what was he, Jackie, her fourth or fifth husband, Chad Daybell, his wife mysteriously died in her sleep. She was as healthy as a horse. She just ran a marathon and then she dies in her sleep. Uh-uh. They killed her. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. It's a crutch using some completely opposite religion of what Christ intended, <laughs> not that I'm an expert, but I'm pretty sure this is not what he had in mind. Calling your five-year-old child the devil and demanding an exorcism with us, Dr. Thomas Plant. You heard him earlier, professor of psychology and religious studies, clinical professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Stanford, and the editor of Spirituality and Clinical Practice, author of Human Interaction with the Divine, the Sacred, and the Deceased, Psychological, Scientific, and Theological Perspectives. Dr. Plant, what do you make of this? Well, you know, I think the bottom line is, you know, psychopathology can be a really terrible and brutal uh, thing, and you can't diagnose someone from afar, but what it sounds like is that this uh, as what, what, given the data that's been presented, is that it sounds like this person has a psychotic disorder. Perhaps it's schizophrenia, could it be bipolar, could be, since she has a, 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 another person involved with this, uh, according to the report, you would wonder about what's called a shared delusional disorder or a philia du. 
where two people share the same delusion. Right. Are you speaking French or Latin? Folia du. That's two. Du. Folia du is French. It means a, a folly of two, and that's a diagnosis also called shared delusional disorder. Dr. Plant, I am just a JD. You are the professor of psychology and religious studies. Hold on just a it's so much at once. Folly of two, folia de, and you're, cause I can accept that one person could be schizophrenic or have some type of psychotic disorder, but two of them together in the same room and they agree to kill a baby and fold him up like a blanket and put him in a, a suitcase. That to me is unreasonable that there would be two people Equally psychotic, which leaves me with one answer. They're murderers. They knew what they were doing. They're hiding behind some crazy religious belief. And they're mean as hell. Well, as I mentioned, uh, you can't diagnose from afar, but according to the uh, American Psychiatric Association, uh, there are uh, a, a legitimate diagnosis called folia du, or now it's called shared delusional disorder, and you do see it, and I've seen some of those cases. A lot? Have you seen a lot of them? No, no. It, it's, it's pretty unusual, but it's, it's there. Just like, for example, sch schizophrenia affects maybe about one out of a hundred people, which is, uh, 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 and folia du, or shared delusional disorder would probably be about one out of a thousand people or so. Um, that may or may not be the diagnosis, but I think the bottom line is you've got major psychopathology here, um, and I think that's probably pretty clear. And uh, the question is, um, you know, uh, what, do you, what do you do when you have a situation where people have such severe disorders and they have children in their uh, possession or in their custody? Uh, that brings into issues of, uh, you know, child protection and so forth, which are which are often challenging to um, to uh, deal with. There was probably early signs. This probably wasn't the first sign that this child was in trouble. To Steve Kramer, former FBI attorney and federal prosecutor, president of Indago Solutions. You know what? I am a Christian. I'm seeking the truth every day, trying to live it. But this theory of hiding behind your religion in order to do horrible things. I'm not quite sure how to call that out. And we, we, we see it all the time. Well, I mentioned cult mom Lori Vallow using her apocalyptic religious beliefs and she gets slung up with Chad Daybell, the prophet. And for those of you that can't see me, I absolutely used air quotes on that. And I've seen over and over and over Steve Kramer, parents that had some religious belief and they ended up starving their children or beating them all in the name of dare I say it God and frankly I mean I hear Dr. Plant I know he's a lot smarter than me for sure but it just doesn't make sense to me that a mother who could drive hide her baby Still on the land, by the way, she's crazy, but she can elude police and plan her next spot. She's still not caught. She's got Indiana State Troopers standing on their ears trying to find her. There's a nationwide alert for her. So how, how crazy is she? Is she crazy like a fox, Steve Kramer? 
Does she have some psychosis? And if so, do you really believe both of them are delusional? I heard what Dr. Plant said about Philia du, folly of two, shared delusional disorder. Not buying it. Mm-mm. I would convict both of these women. Literally, their fingerprints are all over the garbage bag they stuffed this child into. Your turn, Kramer. Yeah, I mean, to call this a religion, come on, that's nonsense. I mean, this is, you know, just babbling. Not you, Dr. Plant, not you. No, 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 of course not. Just know that. The last thing I want to do is get a preacher mad, okay? I don't even need that in my life. Go ahead, Kramer. Just let's make sure Dr. (laughs) Plant knows it's not about him. But what he said is exactly what they're going to claim at trial if they're ever both caught. Go ahead. Exactly. I mean putting the stuff out on Facebook and t- Twitter about, you know, their child is, you know, a- an avatar uh, and my child somehow possessed or I had to do some he- healing and I had to do some killing. I mean, the stuff they're saying, I mean, this is actually, unfortunately, not that uncommon. You know, we see cases like you mentioned, the uh, Lori Vallo, Chad Daybell case where she killed allegedly her own children. Uh, we see other cases. A lot of times when we find children, um, young children like this that are incapable of taking care of themselves, um, that are abandoned someplace, dead, the bodies, uh, we, when we eventually identify the parents, they are off with having some affair. The child was an inconvenience or they're on some drug high. Again, the child's an inconvenience. So th- that aspect is not really uncommon. And I think in this particular case, uh, I mean, you look at it, I mean, after she was released from jail on April 11th, you know, she said, I had to do some healing and killing. And that was around April 12th. And, you know, the body was found two days later, April 14th. Uh, and I'll just point out one key thing with this. Um, and I, you mentioned it uh, earlier too, Nancy, is um, it's, they didn't think they were doing anything wrong. And why did they hide the baby or the five-year-old in a suitcase and put it out in the field? And why are they on the land now? What are they running from if they haven't done anything wrong? Uh, so clearly she knows that she's done, done something wrong. But what I find most interesting is uh, her accomplice, Don Coleman. Uh, they were both uh, wanted on warrants of neglect of a dependent and obstruction of justice. Uh, and Coleman was arrested on the 19th of October. Less than a week later, those charges were upgraded to murder against Miss um, Anderson. So obviously... She probably said something to the police exactly what happened with this child that allowed the police and the prosecutors to upgrade the charges from neglect to murder. But I mean, there's such a history, Steve, of hiding behind some kind of religion while your child dies. Let's see, there's two-year-old. I made a list last night. Ella Grace, her parents, Jonathan and Grace Ford, thought it was God's will their little two-year-old die. Then there's nine-year-old Jason Lockhart out of Oklahoma, much the same. 16-year-old Neil Beagley, much the same. And they hide behind religion while their child dies. That's what I'm seeing. I mean, Max Lewis, uh, Fox 59, joining us from Indianapolis. What's the reaction to mommy claiming her child was possessed? Well, you know, it's I, I am sort of speechless myself, and I think that's the way everybody else was. You know, she had tried to reach out to this uh, priest in southeastern Indiana who was a well-known performer of exorcist, Vatican-trained exorcist, 
and uh, wasn't able to get a hold of him. And so that claim, I think, or that sort of claim from her and the Facebook post that you were mentioning, I think was uh, really shocking to everybody. I do want to make a point about something that Dr. Plant said. He, he said that this child was likely in danger before, or there were likely signs before. Well, there was. She was actually, these two women, uh, Mom and, and Don Coleman, actually got into a car chase uh, court records show down in South Carolina. They were running from the police going over 90 miles an hour on the interstate and the kid and the little boy Cairo was in the car with them. I mean, that doesn't, you know, spell danger. Um, I don't know what does. So, um, you know, clearly I think what Dr. Plant said is correct. This boy was in danger before, had been in danger. And uh, unfortunately the, the, it appears the right steps weren't taken and, and he ended up in this suitcase dead. Why wasn't the baby taken away then, Max Lewis? I mean, his siblings have been taken away. Why not him? I don't know. You know, it, it's it's really a mystery and something that probably authorities in South Carolina maybe need to answer for. Because when this car chase end, ended, um, you know, Anderson was the one driving. Uh, the mom was the one driving. And then Don Coleman was in the passenger seat. The baby was in the back seat. When this police chase ended, because they ran out of gas, they basically just dropped Don Coleman and the child off at a motel and took the mom to jail. And um, so he, she was, the child was given right back to them. Wow. Sounds like defects. Department of Family Children's Services on it again. Now we have another dead child. Uh, seemingly nobody but me cares. Because it keeps happening every day. Children in horrible, dangerous situations are left there because Child Protective Services does nothing. Now, speaking of exorcism, take a listen to our friends at Fox 59. The affidavit in the case details a series of strange social media posts police say Cairo's mother sent about demons, exorcism, and dark magic in the days before he was found. On April 12th, Anderson reached out to an Indianapolis priest, Father Vincent Lampert, from the Archdiocese of Indianapolis on Twitter. Father Lampert is one of dozens of priests who are exorcists in the U.S. As you may know, an exorcist is someone trained to cast out demons. Father Lampert told us it's rare that a child dealing with, quote, demonic possession. There's no such thing as an emergency exorcism. It really begins with the person having a psychiatric evaluation by a qualified psychologist or psychiatrist, and then having a medical examination by their family doctor. Father Lampert says when someone contacts him, he encourages them to talk to their pastor and their family doctor. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Dr. Thomas Plant joining us, uh, professor at Stanford University and author. Dr. Plant, what exactly is an exorcism? Have you ever been present during an exorcism? No, I haven't been present during an exorcism, but I have worked with an exorcist, and he uh, refers patients to me. I refer um, patients to him. And um, an exorcist is uh, uh, trained um, to perform a ritual. As you know, the, the Catholic Church has lots of rituals, and um, this is one a ritual that that uh, uh, of training, so that um, uh, they it's uh, uh, they're trained through the Vatican and so forth. It's Vatican approved, and uh, exorcists like um, this uh, gentleman you just um, uh, uh, mentioned, uh, and including the exorcists that I've worked with, will. Say that 99.9% of the time of cases are major psychopathology, and what's necessary is a psychiatric evaluation or medical evaluation and so forth, and their troubles are really in that arena. Uh, and uh, and I think that that's that's true. Um, when it comes to religion, um, sadly and tragically, some people use religion for great harm, and some people use religion for great good, and I um, think that it's sort of like a car. You know, a car can be a great thing, it gets you where you want to go, but a car in the hands of a drunk driver is a terrible weapon. Uh, Same is true with religion in this case. Uh, As you said, this woman uh, may have been using those uh, imagery and things like that to justify her behavior, uh, which is horrific. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, sadly, that is a common phenomenon uh, across the world, and it, it always has been, where people project their troubles and whatnot onto kind of religion and then justify their actions um, uh, in that way. You know, Dr. Thomas Plant, there is one thing 
I know for sure, and that is that I know very, very little. I know how to try a murder case and any other criminal case. I know the law at the back of my hand. That's pretty much it. Oh, I know how to cook. I know how to do that. (laughs) But this is so far out of my league, what you're talking about. You know what, Dr. Plant? I also find it interesting that um, sort of an intellectual snobbery, many people do not believe in exorcisms or demons or devils. It does sound fantastical. That's true. But so does flying to the moon. So does the Hubble telescope. So many things sound fantastical. And I think that it's narrow-minded for anyone to suggest what is and is not possible. Because clearly, extremely educated, learned people like yourself do believe it is very, very real. Somehow I've gotten off into the validity or invalidity of exorcisms, about which I know nothing. I do know about crime. And what you said is entirely true, Dr. Plant. Just got Morgan. I know forensics. I know crime. And that's what I'm going to fall back on when I don't understand the rest. I want you specifically to take a listen to Courtney Spinelli, Fox 59. A child who for months was only known as the boy found in a suitcase in rural Indiana now has a name. Five-year-old Cairo Jordan. It's still hasn't really sunk in Cairo's paternal grandparents and great uncles say they only learned he died one day ago. The child they call a sweet boy would have turned six this week. I would have wanted to know what kind of person he would have come to be. Things like whether he would have grown up to play football like his dad did when he was younger. Authorities are still trying to find Cairo's mother, Dejan Anderson, now charged in his murder. All she had to do was just, you know, let us know and uh, we would have easily took him. How many children, Joe Scott Morgan, death investigator, have you been at the murder scene, the homicide scene, the death scene, the autopsy, where mommy or daddy is the killer, but the rest of the family did nothing? They knew there was a problem. How could this family not know mommy was arrested for a felony in South Carolina and got the child back? And that that's counting on the fact that the individual had contact with their family, but lots of times you'll have these individuals that will know, I mean, they will know that what's going on within that household is wrong and nobody interdicts it because nobody wants to get crossways with the family members. Nobody wants to create a problem with the family members and all for what? Now, in this particular case, you've got this baby who was abandoned like garbage, let's just face it, that's the way he was treated out in the middle of the woods. Um, And you can't tell me there weren't red flags leading up to this. I've seen this over and over and over again, Nancy. We know that the mother moved around a lot. I want you to listen, Jackie. I want to cut forward to our cut number 38, Fox 59. Listen. In a series of posts, Anderson indicated she believed Cairo was possessed. Family wishes anyone seeing these posts would have reached out to offer help. That could have saved Cairo. That could have saved his mom. 
could have brought him back to Georgia, could have helped him in whatever way they needed. As they work to grasp what happened to Cairo, they're grateful for the strangers who never stopped fighting for justice. We definitely want to thank the people in Indiana who did um, give him a proper burial that was so nice of them. It shows what kind of what humanity really is. Okay, my head is spinning right now. Because you've got the grandparents, the other family, going, wow, I wish someone had done something. What about you? You don't have social media? You didn't know that this mom was posting her son is the devil? Well, now he's dead. And she is on the run. Tip line 888-437-6432. May justice unfold. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.